Hi, everybody. My name is Emily, host of the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. In the health and fitness space, there can be so many rules, recommendations, and oftentimes restrictions. On this show, we talk all things freedom. Whether you've been training for years or are looking to take the first steps in your health and fitness journey, this show will fuel your body, mind, and soul to break free from what you've heard in the past and find your version of health and fitness, the one that works for you. Now let's fuel our freedom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. In this episode, we are talking all about stress. So if you're a human, you have stress, period. That's it. End of story. But the problem is we know we have it, right? No one no one should have been shocked when I said you're stressed right at that start right there, right? No one's surprised to hear that you have stress in your life. But oftentimes we don't realize to what extent we have stress in certain areas and aspects of our lives that actually cause stress when we don't even realize it. So we are unable to take a full inventory of how much stress we are actually under at any given time. But at the same time, we also don't always realize the full effect of the stress and where it kind of comes into play in our lives. All the things that having so much extra stress may happen as a result. And then only to layer a third on top of that, we often don't realize how much control and what we can do about the stress, whether that's through stress relief, uh, different activities, or implementing relaxation and meditation time throughout our day, we often don't realize how much control we actually then have over the stress. So in this episode, we are talking all about it, where it comes from, the effects it can have in our lives and our fitness goals, and then what we can possibly do about it to alleviate some of that stress. Not always, we can't always get rid of all of it, but potentially deal with the effects of stressors in our lives. So first, what causes stress? I'm going to focus on eight big categories that contribute to stress in our lives. They include the social, financial, psycho-spiritual, mental, cultural, environmental, emotional, and physical. So looking at some examples of all of those things. Social is going to be loneliness, isolation, social rejection, unsupportive or dysfunctional relationships, and low social status right? There's more that go into each of these, but these are going to be some just big time examples that might sound familiar. Financial, poverty, no financial security, debt, or a precarious work situation. Psycho-spiritual, purposelessness, despair, hopelessness, hopelessness, there we go, lack of meaning, or poor sense of self. Mental may include anxiety, worry, too many cognitive demands, decision fatigue, perfectionism, etc. Cultural. Cultural misfit or culture shock. Homesickness. Migration. And language issues. Environmental. Light and dark cycles. Pollutants. Noise. 
extreme conditions, discomfort, chaos, violence, etc. Emotional. Loss, grief, anger, guilt, shame, fear, or loneliness are all stressors that can play into that emotional category. Physical. Overtraining, poor nutrition, food restriction, lack of sleep, jet lag, exposure to pathogens, major injury or illness, medication use, etc. So some of those probably sound familiar as far as stress goes when we're talking about actual, like in the gym fitness. But every one of those categories probably plays a role in our lives at one point or another. It might not be all the time. They may fluctuate up and down. But sometimes we might see each one of those kind of play a role. But we don't often recognize it. We skip right to those big stressors, the family, financial, job. and But without recognizing all the other options, we can fail to grasp the full allostatic load we are carrying. So allostatic load is a term for all of the stress that we are holding and dealing with in our everyday lives. Over time, as we're unaware or we don't deal with the stress in our lives, the stress builds up. It stacks and stacks on top of each other. Countless stress cycles, incomplete and stored in our body for up to years. This can wreak havoc in our body, right? So as we experience stress, and I'm going to talk about this more in a minute, but we may deal with the stressor, but we don't actually deal with the stress itself. So let's talk about this unresolved stress for a minute. I'm going to talk about four main categories that stress may show up in our lives. So we have physical, behavior, behavioral, cognitive, and emotional as categories where we can potentially see symptoms of too much stress or just stress in general in our life. Physical is just like it sounds. It's the physical man- manifestations of the stress. This can include aches and pains, nausea, dizziness, loss of sex drive, frequent colds or flu, digestive issues, autoimmune conditions, skin reactions or conditions, heart disease, reproductive issues, weight fluctuations, and sleep issues. Behavioral includes changes to actions or behaviors within our lives. So this includes eating more or eating less, excessive sleeping or not sleeping enough, withdrawal from others, procrastination, neglecting responsibilities, nervous habits such as nail biting, picking the skin, pacing, etc., or using drugs or alcohol to relax. As you can see in this category, there's a huge range of behaviors that may take time and self-reflection to recognize these as responses to stress. Some of these are even daily habits or things that might be present in our lives for other reasons. For example, if we're training hard in the gym, which again is going to be a stressor, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but if we're training hard, we're going to need to make sure that we sleep a little bit more. We're going to need to make sure we eat a little bit more, right? So some of these eating more or sleeping more can just be habits that we need to implement into our lives, not necessarily a response to a bad stressor. The cognitive includes how we think in our brains. So specific thoughts include memory problems, inability to concentrate, poor judgment, focusing on the negative which is a huge thing that cognitive bias that we can sometimes get wrapped up and just continuously focusing on the negative, ignoring all positive interactions that we may have had at that same time. We can always have also have anxious racing thoughts or constant worrying. 
And finally, the emotions are often a response to stress in a stressor in that situation. So they can include depression, general unhappiness, anxiety, agitation, moodiness, irritability, anger, feeling of overwhelm, loneliness, isolation. The list can go on and on here. Like there isn't one emotion or one set of emotions that is going to encompass everything. There's truly so many options that we have as far as that emotional response to too much stress. But often these emotions can then manifest as behaviors such as emotional or stress eating where we get into that eating too much or eating too little. Stress eating is one of the most common frustrations of people as they try and change eating habits. They can have all the knowledge of the information, the best foods to eat, the best diet to follow for them. They can know everything and everything. They can know the quote unquote what to do's. But at the same time, at the end of the day, our emotions can run the show. When we're overcome with emotions, we aren't in the same practice of pausing and then noticing and naming the emotions. We can't work with them. Instead, we're constantly fighting against them, trying to push our emotions down in the pursuit of whatever our goals may be. So we know that we have stress from a variety of different areas. We know that these responses to stress and as the stress builds up and we experience it, they're wreaking havoc within our body against our fitness goals and against our life, quite honestly. So what can we do about it? First, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, we have to distinguish between the stress and the stressor. Oftentimes dealing with the stressor doesn't deal with the stress. In fact, I say oftentimes, all of the time, when we deal with the stressor, it's not the same as dealing with the stress itself. So dealing with a stressor may include leaving work, putting the project away, getting out of the office and away from a coworker or poor work environment, etc. Right? So that's the stressor. That's the place that you're experiencing and that's causing the stress. But the stress is still in the body. After those situations, unless we do something about it, it can be stored. So even though we're leaving or changing the situation we're in, the stress is still there unless we do something about it. Now, in the moment, depending on the situation, we can oftentimes choose not to complete the stress cycle, even if we know it's what's best for us. This is often for three main reasons. I know I have so many lists in this one, you're going to want to go back and probably take notes on them. But three main reasons that we don't complete the stress cycle. First, it's chronic. When there's a chronic stress present, the ability to process the stress and deal with it is lower than the amount of stress we're experiencing. We simply cannot keep up with the demands that the stress puts on the body. So we can think of this like pouring water into a glass and there's a hole at the bottom. We can pour water in faster than it can drain out. That's going to be chronic stress. It's going to build up. It's not going to drain out the other end. The second one, social appropriateness can also stop us in our tracks. Since it would be inappropriate, we'll use that term, to just walk around punching annoying people in the face, we don't. We simply smile, we nod, we move on with the day. But again, as a result, that stress remains in the body. We don't have that physical action, which you'll learn more about in a minute, to relieve the stress. Finally, we avoid it because it's safer. Survival strategies often remove us from the stressful situation, but they don't relieve the stress. They often just postpone the need to complete the cycle. So as a female, 
I'll use an example from like when I run, I'll, I don't want to say often, but there's been many occasions where males have either yelled, honked, catcalled, etc. me while I'm running. Instead of yelling back, saying something about it, etc., I simply ignore it because it is safer for me in that moment. I don't know what their reaction would be, so I choose to postpone and I that is a form of stress. I do feel stressed, right? And I feel anxious and I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I simply move on for because it's safer for me not to engage with the situation, but at the end of the day, I still need to complete that cycle. So as these stress cycles go incomplete, they build up in the body. We recognize ways that we may be overdue for a couple of these in a couple of different ways. If you notice yourself doing the same apparently pointless thing over and over again, or engaging in self-destructive behavior. Remember, procrastination was a big thing we talked about earlier as a, as a response uh, as a, as an effect, excuse me, of stress in the body. So if you find yourself doing that, might be an indication you're a little bit stressed. If your body feels out of whack, so we talked about some of those uh, behavioral and skin digestive, other habits that can present in overwhelming amounts of stress, right? Uh, for me, a big one is I grind my teeth. And anytime that I'm grinding a lot on my teeth at night, I'm usually more stressed during the day. Or if you notice any uh, any of the symptoms we talked about and recognize them as a stress response, right? Stress can look different for every single person. There's not one thing that's going to be common amongst everyone. But the big thing that is common is that stress can absolutely wreak havoc in the body, right? But here's the thing. Completing the cycle of stress is not a decision. We can't simply tell ourselves not to be stressed. Completing the cycle is a shift within the body. I read this book uh, by Emily and, oh, I'm going to blank on her name, Nagalski. Nagalski is their last name, two sisters. Truthfully, I only remember Emily because it's my own name, but it's called Burnout, right? So one of the quotes from that book is, you have to speak the language of stress. And I just loved that because the language of stress isn't English. I can't just tell myself, oh, I'm just not going to be stressed today. Like, I'm not stressed anymore. That doesn't work. Our body doesn't recognize that. The language of stress is action. We have to do something to the stress. We have to speak action. We have to take action in order to communicate with that stress that, hey, we don't have to be stressed anymore. We're safe. Now, here are six of the most common ways. Like I said, I know I have a lot of lists in this podcast. You're going to probably need to take notes. We might even need to go back. If you want to read them, I always post the full summary of these podcasts on my blog. So you can head over to coachemilymeyer.com and you can see um, all the pictures associated. If there's any downloads, I'll let you guys always know. But if you'd rather read it or have something to reference back to so you don't have to listen again, they're always over at coachemilymeyer.com. So I'm going to talk about six ways we can complete the cycle by speaking the language of stress and taking action. The first and one of the most efficient is physical activity. But it's important to distinguish this is I talked about this earlier as well. Strength training is stress and can contribute to our allostatic load. We'll see that we need to, some of the actions of too much stress may take place after we train. So we need to sleep more. We need to eat a little bit more, right? 
So it can, can, it can contribute to the allostatic load. So sometimes the body can't tell the difference. And that's where we have to be mindful of, hey, if I've had a long day and I'm extremely stressed already, is a big strength training workout the best thing for me? It could be or it could not be. It's up to you to kind of learn and know the difference for your body. But when we're completing the stress cycle, in research, they studied steady state aerobic work between 20 and 60 minutes for most people. So the average was about 35 there. This can include walking, biking, swimming, dancing around your living room, whatever you feel. But the idea is just to move the body, right? Moving around, not really thinking about it too much. So in strength training, we really have to think about it. And there's so many benefits to strength training. But in this case, when we're talking about breaking the stress cycle, we're looking at steady state aerobic, so cardiovascular work, averaging around that 35 minute mark, but between 20 and 60 minutes for most people. It's going to do the trick. Another super easy and take with you anywhere option is breathing. So this is the deep, slow breaths that we use to decompress and bring the body into that rest and digest state of being. To perform these deep belly breaths, it's best to inhale for five seconds, hold for five seconds, exhale for 10 seconds, hold for five seconds, and repeat. So this is usually done in cycles of five to 10 breaths, usually around 10. And it simply brings that body into that rest and digest parasympathetic state where we're simply relaxed. We can release the tension from the body. Another cool one here is we can include muscle contraction with that. So if we tense all of our muscles super tight, I've done this in yoga classes. If you remember Unity listening to this, I've done this before in my um, virtual yogas. But if you, as you inhale, think you're inhaling, you're clenching one area of your body. So whether that's contracting all the muscles in your legs or making super tight fists or making sure the core is super tight and you hold that. As you exhale, think about releasing that tension out from the body and that whole body will relax into the floor. This is best done in a laying position, typically on your back, but you can also do it seated if you're at a desk. Our third one is positive social interaction. So positivity is huge, right? I talked about the negativity bias before and how we can get stuck as we're stressed in that loop of only noticing the negative thoughts we're having. But as we can include these positive social interactions in our lives, it can increase and, or excuse me, it can decrease the stress in our lives and increase the noticing of the positive. And these don't even have to be long. We can pay it forward with a coffee for the person behind us in the drive-thru line, engage in conversation with a grocery store clerk, etc. But it has to be positive, right? Can't be complaining about something or talking about another stressor. When we get stuck in a loop of negativity, that doesn't help anybody. So next time you're out in public, engage in that positive social interaction. Talk to someone, even if it's a brief hello or how are you doing today. Truly mean it. Engage with that positive social interaction with someone you know or someone you don't. Our next one is affection. So being affectionate can help complete the stress cycle. One example of this is the 20 second hug. So to perform this as they studied in research, 
you want to make sure you're grounded on your own feet. So you don't want to lean against the person that you're about to hug. But at the same time, you're going to equally like stand forward and into each other and engage in an equally compressive hug for about 20 seconds, right? This is shown to have similar effects to the deep breathing that I talked about two two things ago, right? So it's shown to have similar stress-reducing effects, lower heart rate, lower breathing rate, etc. That next one is crying. So you know the saying, crying doesn't solve anything? It might not be totally true. Have you ever watched a cheesy movie? Maybe it's a rom-com, maybe it's, I don't know, some other cheesy story t- story storybook, if you will, movie, and all of a sudden, like, you get to the end, and you're like, how am I crying? What What is happening? Hopefully, that's not just me, but the reason that we're sometimes can have that emotional response and start crying is because those movies perfectly guide us through our emotional cycle, so in the middle of it, we may be experiencing those same emotions as the characters. That's why screenwriters are so good and actors are so good at what they do. They're guiding you in those types of movies through the entire emotional cycle, thus the tears at the end. So that can be a way to also complete the stress cycle. Finally, we have creative expression. So we talked about physical activity. If you're not an athletic person, totally fine. Any creative expression, art, singing, dancing, writing, etc., can help complete the stress cycle and release that stress from the body. So there you have it, all about stress, what it is, where we can notice the effects, and what we can do about it. So that brings me to our empowered action for today. So for this week, I want you to take time to name and notice and name your emotions. As you experience a stressful situation, Take a moment to step back and note how you're feeling in that moment. What emotions are you experiencing? You can use an emotion wheel to help narrow down on your specific feeling or emotions in that moment. I'll include this in the blog post version of this podcast. So if you're curious as to what an emotion wheel looks like, if you haven't seen one before, you can also just Google emotion word wheel or something to that effect. They're all very similar. But as you notice... As you notice these emotions, as you notice yourself experiencing the stress, note, take a note, physical note, or write it in the notes on your phone, the stressor, the time of day, the location, and any other details that you want to remember about the experience. Over the course of a few days, you'll probably compile a list. Like I said, none of us are immune from stress. We all have it. It's just a matter of how it shows up in our lives. Once you have your list, we can find similarities. Do you notice any trends patterns, or repeating situations. These points, these repeating things, these trends, these patterns, are where we're going to start to deal with the stressors. What what steps can you take to alleviate the stress in that situation? Can you deal with the stressor? You might even be able to eliminate it. Maybe schedule a time, if you can't eliminate it, to deal with the stress after the fact, right? We can't always eliminate the stressors in our lives, but we can learn to recognize them and build more resiliency so that we're able to recognize the stress or stressor, deal with the stress or stressor, and return to that baseline sooner than possible, sooner sooner rather than later, right? 
And this is, again, different for everybody, but the sooner that we can return to that baseline level of not super stressed out, that's going to be way better for the body regardless of who you are. This is powerful work, right? This isn't easy to recognize the stress, to find those areas, nor to do the work. Like it takes physical action to alleviate the stress. We cannot simply tell ourselves, hey, I'm not stressed anymore. That doesn't work, right? We, we are not going to be successful if we try and do that. So it's powerful and it's challenging. I'm not going to lie, but it will yield a huge return on your investment, both in your life and the health and fitness journey that you're pursuing, regardless of what it is. When we walk around super stressed out all the time, that's not good for anyone, right? It, it's just not. We need to alleviate the stress. So there we have it, all about stress, where it manifests, what we might be experiencing, and how, most importantly, to deal with that stress if we're unable to deal with the stressor. So that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. As always, if you leave a rating and review, I would appreciate it so very much. Or even better, share with a friend or family member who you think might benefit from this episode. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fuel Your Freedom. Remember, this show is all about action. Now it's time to take what you've learned and implement it into your health and fitness journey or even just your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more, don't forget to follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach Emily Meyer and the podcast on Instagram at Fuel Your Freedom Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll chat with you next time.